Hello everyone and welcome to the newest, the new edition of the Eurohoopod, the official Eurohoops uh, podcast. Uh, this is Antonis Strogilakis and welcome back, Adigoni Zahari. Thank you. Hello everybody. Hello Antonis. Adigoni, you were, you were absent the previous week, uh, but uh, we had Bura Uzar with us. But here you go again, the mighty comeback of uh, Adigoni Zahari. Bura really, you know, he really made up for uh, my absence. I really enjoyed that episode for the derby. Yeah, for the Turkish uh, league derby where uh, we we actually predicted that uh, FS would win and FS uh, won. Okay, there was no surprise uh, for this FS win at that point. <laughs> and uh, Fenerbahce lost yet another game before they finally stopped this kid that they were suffering from. Last week, uh, Fenerbahce was was having four losses in a row, which is uh, a bit uh, crazy for such a team, for such a roster, for such a quality squad. But finally, last week they they ended this uh, I don't know this sort of a curse with a win over Monaco. And uh, I'm specifically pointing out at Fenerbahce Adigoni because they are beginning round 14 of the Euroleague regular season with their game against Zenit St. Petersburg on the road. So I want to ask you to let's uh, hit to the point immediately. Will Fenerbahce register its first consecutive win this season? It's about time they do so. They come from a good momentum. They finally snap back, as you said, from four defeats. And it's doable as far as I see it. Uh, from beginning the season, you know, kind of slow, kind of not really up to their game. The game against Zenit uh, could be, you know, a, a tip point of the season for them. This is the, the moment for them to snap back and finally try to make their way up in the standings. That's how um, I see it. Yes, because, okay, uh, the game against Monaco, one can say that uh, if uh, Fenerbahce doesn't win this game, then what game will they win? But the match against Zenit is a completely different affair. It's the game that they will show that, you know, this, this match wasn't a fluke. We didn't uh, beat Monaco just because it's Monaco, an experienced team, a team that shouldn't be on our level because, you know, Fenerbahce is a contender and Monaco is a team that... Uh, if they make the playoffs, for example, it will be a miracle. It will be, it will be celebrated exactly. all over the municipality. <laughs> Different goals for its team. So it, it wasn't a surprise that Fenerbahce beat uh, Monaco. But now they have to to win in St. Petersburg in order to have you know some consistency, some consistency to to make a streak to to keep going because a loss, even though. It, it might be against Zenit at St. Petersburg, might push them back again. So this is the game that begins round 14 in the EuroLeague regular season. And we also have Cervenas Vest against Olympiakos Pireus, Bayern Munich against Anadolu Efes, Maccabi Tel Aviv against Unix Kazan, Basconia versus Asvel Villerban. These are the Thursday, Thursday's games. And then on Friday, Zalgiris Kaunas hosts Ceseca Moscow, Monaco faces Olympia Milano, Panathinaikos Athens plays against Alba Berlin, and the Clásico, the big derby, the mother of all battles, Barcelona against Real Madrid. Adigoni, let's go. Let's begin with the last one, obviously, because of course it's a game of the week. It's a 
one of the games of the season, along with every other Barcelona, Real, Madrid battle, and uh, a really special game. So many players that have played for both sides, right? <laughs> true, true. We have a lot of returns and, you know, new new teams uh, for these players that have left their respective teams last season. And, of course, we're talking about Thomas Hertel, Nicola Lapravitola, and Adam Hanka. And this is going to be a very interesting uh, class for the first place for all of these guys. I mean, Thomas Hertel, last week, he showed he he's stepping up. He had his best game of the season. So it will be interesting to see how he does against his former team. Um, also, with uh, the injuries of Nick Kalathis and Corey Higgins, I believe Laporvitola will get more game time. Um, at least that's what I'm expecting. And on the other side, you know, one thing I noted was that the last two MVPs of the EuroLeague for October and November are from these two teams. We have Walter Tavares, who is the November MVP, and Nikola Mirotic, who was the October MVP. So that's crazy to see them, you know, um, playing against each other at such short notice after their MVP honors. I believe this is going to be a crucial point for both teams, both reliable players. And uh, Adigoni, uh, you talked about so many players, but uh, apart from Tavares and Mirotic, okay, who have been playing great, they have been playing MVP basketball, and they won. Uh, it's uh, the first two MVP of the month each week. And apart from the frontline battle that it's, a completely different chapter, a unique chapter of the game on its own. Adigoni, you mentioned some uh, players. Now, if I had to ask you, which one of them would you bet on for making a revenge game of sorts? Who that? Who would that player be? Um, I think that's easy. Thomas Hertel. Thomas Hertel. Yeah, yeah. Thomas Hertel. I, I, think I got he my eyes has on, the momentum on the right now too. Yeah. And he has, you know, he has some motive against his former team. Because let's not forget what happened uh, last season uh, with the incident. It was the incident in Instagram yeah. where the team Barcelona practically... Uh, it, was, it was a very weird and a precedentally weird case. We have never seen anything like this in the history of European basketball. A club uh, not allowing the player to board the plane back back home uh it, it was it was a bit uh, crazy and it was uh, the event that uh, you know kick-started if we might say it like that thomas hertel's exit from uh, barcelona yeah yeah, yeah the beginning of the end yeah he wasn't playing anyway he wasn't on serenas yeskevicius plans he was coming off a very bad injury he was struggling and uh well He's out of, uh, he, he left Barcelona. The, the two teams uh, mutually agreed to part ways at one point because, okay, the player had to play and Barcelona didn't have any need for the player. Ertel uh, went to Asvel to play only in the, he was allowed to play only in the French uh, league. He had some, uh, he had a very solid season. And now he's uh, finding his way back to top form with Real Madrid. He doesn't, he's not putting crazy numbers. I mean, this is Real Madrid. Few players put crazy numbers. 
but he has been uh, really, really solid, especially in some specific games. Uh, the game, like Maccabi Tel Aviv, you mentioned, he was clutch down the stretch. He made some big buckets. He had uh, five assists. So, Thomas Ertel Adigoni, it would be interesting. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and now I have a question for you. If you had to, I know it's going to be a tough one, but if you had to pick uh, a favorite for this game, which one would it be? Real Madrid. Easy. I mean, oh. I, think, I think I think that Real Madrid has got uh, Barcelona's number, if we may say it like that. They have. Um, they also. I think they also have a, a bit of a psychological advantage against them. Uh, you think? I, yeah, I think, and I don't think that. Uh, and they have. They have. First of all, they have the bigger roster right now, because. Uh, Barcelona, as you said, those key players that are missing, Nicolás and Corey Higgins, okay, uh, one can argue that Barcelona won uh, without them in Istanbul against Anadolu FS in a crazy battle uh, last week uh, in overtime. But I think that uh, Real Madrid has the depth and uh, Pablo Lasso has the, the know-how to beat uh, Barcelona. Uh, they beat them in the beginning of the season for the Spanish uh, Super Cup, but that's uh, completely... Uh, different game, of course. This is uh, uh, this is the, the, the domestic classico is different <laughs> from the European classico, but uh, I think that the Real Madrid has the upper hand in this game. They haven't playing exactly perfect basketball. Neither Barcelona has played uh, perfect basketball. Uh, of course, they both have been winning a lot. They are both 11, 12, and uh, tied. For the top of the Euroleague standings, we will have a new standings leader, of course, by the end of this week. Mm -hmm. But um, yes, my money is on uh, on Real Madrid. I think they That's are interesting because yes. you know um, Barcelona has a ten to three record at home. I know stats and former wins don't mean much, but it's always interesting to see uh, what happens. In this point of um, in this point of view, in yearly games like that, in derbies like the classical or German, Turkish, Greek derbies, all of that, I think that's another psychological factor yes, to and, add to the and equation. And you know, uh, this is the first time in ages that, uh, due to the coronavirus, that uh, Barcelona will face Real Madrid, and they will have the fans. They will have they will have many fans, at least many fans, exactly uh, with them. You know, uh, because uh, some of our listeners, you might, they might say, what are you talking about? Barcelona won the, the championship last season against Real Madrid. So what are you saying about uh, Real having uh, Barcelona's number? Uh, this Real Madrid was a completely different team than the one we have now. Corey Higgins and Nicolás were there. And Real Madrid had the huge absences. Uh, this Real Madrid is completely different. Last season, you can't compare this Real Madrid last season's Real Madrid that was uh, that Paco Campazzo left, uh, Gabriel Degg left. It was a very unique case of a team. Adigoni, so you think Barcelona will, uh, will get this one, right? My money is on Barca for this one. Okay, okay. We must bet something, you know, and uh, <laughs> we'll see what will happen afterwards. So, yeah, uh, Real Madrid, uh, Barcelona, Real Madrid, the game that concludes this uh, EuroLeague uh, week and the game that uh, yeah, I believe will have some revenge affairs in it. Uh, Friday night, 9 CT, tune in.
But uh, before this game, we have so many other interesting matches. And uh, at the only let's talk about uh, Olympiakos trip at uh, Cervenas Vesta. Olympiakos, uh, you know, travel to Belgrade. They will face Cervenas Vesta tomorrow. Seven city, and uh, they might not have Mustafa Fall, right? Exactly. For the first time in this season, he might not be available for uh, Olympiakos. And this is another trouble for uh, Coach Borjokas, who has to figure out a different rotation, possibly. This is a problem he hasn't faced before, um, since so far he uh, Fall was uh, available. But Olympiakos has good momentum on the road. They come from big wins on the road after, you know, not picking up many wins on the road in the beginning of the season. So that's a momentum shift there. So I don't think that uh, false absence is going to hurt the team a lot, but uh, it might be a bit of a trouble at some point. I don't know. Uh, he can probably play he may not we don't really know yet he uh, will be reevaluated as far as we know and let's see let's wait and see yeah it's not it's not that he will be definitely out but if exactly, he's out yeah. as you said it would be a new experience a new a new tricky situation that uh, uh, coach uh, Joros Barzorkas will have to you know navigate uh, through and uh, you know Cervenas Vesda also comes from a big win. I mean, I don't know how many would have expected that Cervena Zvezda will just go to St. Petersburg and uh, not only win, win relatively easily. They didn't face any trouble against mm -hmm. them. They won by 11 points. And um, and they were up actually by 18 points at the end of the third period. True. It was uh, this, this famous uh, Red Star defense in all its uh, glory. So defense, uh, both Olympiacos and uh, Cervenas Vesta have been defensive-minded teams, of course. Uh, 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 no, uh, this is not the, the, the right score, excuse me. Uh, this is, uh, no, this is the right score, yeah, 69-58. But Cervenas uh, Vesta uh, is a more of a defensive-minded team than Olympiacos because they have to rely on defense because they don't have the quality of teams like Olympiacos. Olivia Costa, as you said, is coming off a big, two big road wins against uh, Olivia Milano and Unix uh, Kazan. They finally uh, saw, they finally answered this question can they win on the road? They did that. And now they want to grab their third straight win and they will do it. Uh, they will try to do it at uh, Cervena Zvesta. Apart from this game, uh, we have Bayern Munich against the uh, Anadolu FS. Adigoni, a really interesting uh, battle. Uh, and uh, Anadolu FS has to recover, I won't say from an ugly loss to Barcelona, because, okay, it's Barcelona. It's not. Uh, it's one of the strongest teams in EuroLeague right now, one of the two top-placed teams. But it's the heartbreaking way that the loss arrived, right? Mm -hmm. True, true. You know, that was probably the game of the season so far uh, and really spectacular for both sides. So I understand what you're saying about the bitter loss. But, you know stuff like that happens and will happen all the time. You just have to find the right psychology and the right momentum again. And FS isn't really struggling lately with that. I mean, they have won four out of their last five games. They are, they seem to have bounced back. So 
in that battle, they also have a an advantage on the offensive end. They have more talent in creating and scoring. Bayern, on the other hand, you know, kind of goes for more formal, more structured defensive and offensive plans. So I don't know. I guess FS has a slight, a slight edge, let's say that, in this game. Yes, I'm going to give it to, to FS2. Uh, if anything, they have uh, shown recently that they can uh, react. And I think that uh, this defeat against uh, Barcelona, okay, it hurt a bit, if, especially because of the way it came. But uh, they they will try and uh, they will manage to, to lick this wound and once again uh, try to build another winning streak. Now, apart from this game, we have uh, also Maccabi Tel Aviv against uh, Unix Kazan and as well. Uh, Basconia as well, and then we move to Friday and uh, Zalgiris Kaunas against uh, Ceseka Moscow. And the big question is, can Zalgiris uh, retain this uh, this winning streak at Kaunas? Because they are 3-0 at Kaunas uh, recently. Zalgiris was having uh, the worst record in Europe. They were having uh, nine losses in a row before they managed to, to bounce back. They bounced back against uh, Panathinaikos in Italy at home. Then they beat Fenerbahce, and then they oh, they lost to Barcelona on the road. But okay, that was a perfectly reasonable result. But then they beat Basconia at home. Uh, Adigoni, do you think that Zalgiris will will manage to do that? It's a diffi- It's a very difficult task. Ah, uh, true. It's difficult. They, I mean, they get the support from the fans at home and they seem to be the most invincible team as of lately, at least, because in the beginning of the season, you know, uh, that wasn't the case. But it's just like, I mean, you, you, you can never roll them out. Yes, and they're the favorite. Not only are they are the favorite. History-wise, I mean, Jessica is the, the favorite hands down, no matter where they play against Jalgiris. Adigoni, uh, before uh, I wanted to ask you this uh, for for quite some time before uh, before Zalgiris, uh, you know, uh, finally won some games in Euroleague, they had this uh, this amazing thing uh, that happened uh, after the defeat to Rita's Vilnius outside mm-hmm. the locker room, where uh, they were met by some fans. I know that you are uh, and the fans, you know, uh, instead of expressing the complaints in in an angry manner, instead of you know insulting them, telling them to you know take your jerseys off, <laughs> it's true. Like that, uh, you know, they 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 express their support to them. They told them that you know you, we got your back. Just uh, please be competitive, uh, etc. And Adigoni, you are uh, you are familiar with all things Zalgiris, Lithuania, and how the fans love uh, this team. So uh, how it's good that you mentioned that. Yes. Um, what you said, I think it's it's really what is about the Lithuanian mentality in basketball. I remember I was in a game of Neptunas against Olympiakos in Klaipeda when they were playing in the EuroLeague and their team was losing. The game went to overtime and, you know, the fans, instead of complaining and stuff, after the game, they started clapping and they said, thank you. So... I think that's a mentality thing that's going on in this country, which is really nice to see that a team has support no matter how well or how bad they do in the EuroLeague. How crucial. So so uh, did, it, did it play a part 
in this transformation of Zalgiris. I mean, uh, you know, uh, as I wrote in this piece for Eurohoop, fans don't play basketball, but did the, this intervention by their fans uh, play the part? What do you think? I think, yeah, I think, yeah, because uh, having the support of the fans, even though your results are not convincing, um, gives you a boost to keep trying for them. Well, we will see. The fans, of course, will uh, will flood as much as is possible under these circumstances. And I'm talking about the corona circumstances. Uh, Zalgirio Arena. And who knows? If they push, uh, if they manage to push Zalgiris to get uh, another win, that will, that will be something. I mean, we will be talking about a complete and really impressive transformation from, from a team that uh, simply couldn't win any game, any game at all in EuroLeague. To to a, to a squad that uh, once again becomes a force to be reckoned with, at least at home, at least at Zalgirio Arena. And uh, regarding Friday's games, uh, Adigoni, I'd like to point out Monaco, Olympia, Milano. Now, Monaco comes from four losses in a row, for, and uh, Milano also four losses in a row. Mm-hmm. So, who is it? Who will break the skid? Oh, tough question. <laughs> Uh, Monaco, uh, sorry, Milan was leading the standings. Then you know these four consecutive defeats uh, have raised many questions. I don't know. It's going to be an interesting game, and I would like to see how Mike James does against his former team. Just you know, uh, for a little spectacle <laughs> there. Another, another, uh, yeah, uh, I forgot that this is another potentially revenge game. Okay, Mike James played against Milano before, but this is this is uh, with a with another with a new team, not Cesc Mosco. Yes, exactly. Okay, and uh, the the other game we have on uh, Friday is Panathinaikos Alba Berlin, and uh, the big question ahead of this game is, uh, well, basically. Panathinaikos right now is bothered with only one thing, that's Nemanja Nedovic's uh, injury. Nemanja Nedovic was hurt uh, in his ankle during a Greek League win over uh, Lavrio. It was uh, a particularly nasty moment for Nedovic because this is this is a guy who has really, really, really been tired of getting uh, injured. And this time it it wasn't like uh, he was, uh, you know, he, he made a a bad uh, footing he, he didn't he, he lost his footing or he suffered an injury mm-hmm. unaffected by someone else it was during a contested uh, shot lots of things were said about this play in uh, social media lots of uh, ugly things with uh, you know uh, Panathinaikos fans attacking uh, the player who was involved in this play Alexandros Nikolaidis just because the player uh, uh, you know participates in Lavrio on loan from Olympiacos, completely ridiculous stuff. And was I to, hate this. I hate yeah. this so much. Yeah, completely ridiculous. And uh, of course, Nemanja Nedovic himself cleared things out and said that uh, the play, the fact that uh, you know Nikolaidis didn't manage to to allow Nedovic enough room to land, and Nedovic mm-hmm. landed on Nikolaidis' foot wasn't uh, it wasn't intentional. I mean, Nedovic wanted to say that it wasn't intentional that Nikolaidis didn't try to help Nedovic, and of course he didn't try to help Nedovic. That's a completely ridiculous accusation to make. And the more ridiculous thing, as Nedovic pointed out, is to involve the rivalry between Panathinaikos and Olympiakos. Oh, true. Which is, uh, I don't know, it's like, uh, let's let's throw some more fuel in this uh, fire of hatred. I mean, why not? 
he did the right thing to clarify things. Yes. So uh, let's see how Panathinaikos will fare without Nedovic, uh, who was the best player of Panathinaikos recently. He was the man of the game in the win over Olympiakos in the Greek League derby. He was uh, he scored the game winner against uh, Zenit St. Petersburg at home. He was in top form and uh, he once again got injured. Uh, Nedovic, one of the unluckiest players uh, in recent years in European basketball. A big what if uh, when it comes to uh, where the player would have been and how much, how his career would have been if not for so many injuries. Well, my answer is he would he would still be playing in the NBA, but okay, that's for another discussion. True, well, you now. know that that's very likely. Anyway, uh, okay, uh, I think we are done for this uh, for the today's uh, podcast, this Eurohu pod. And a reminder, everyone, we have uh, so many great games to watch this week, but uh, if there is one match that uh, it's definitely the must-watch uh, game of the week, then brace yourselves for the Clásico between Barcelona and Real Madrid. Friday, 9 CT, uh, I don't know, any platform you like, your domestic platform, EuroLeague TV, uh, I don't know if uh, EuroLeague will broadcast the game on Facebook for US viewers. I have yet to find that out. But anyway, uh, this is the game that uh, you should really watch. You shouldn't miss. Thank you, Adigon Zahari. Thank you. With us once again in this podcast. And thanks to our listeners. Stay tuned, Adigoni. Uh, do your thing, please. Where can uh, <laughs> sure. people listen to us? You can always find us on Spotify, follow the Eurohoop pod, or you can listen to the episodes on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, and on anchor.fm slash Eurohoops. Thank you, Adigoni. Thank you, everyone. And see you next week.